This week we watched He-Man episode uh, 109, Orko's New Friend. You're listening to Amazingly Terrible, a podcast that you can listen to. My name's Adam. My name is Matt. I'm Derek. Okay. I'm David. This was the episode that I watched the original time we had talked about He-Man that I screwed up on. So, thank you, David, for bringing us back around. This is the episode He-Man Adam's Shame. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. I'm a little tired of He-Man, guys. Hey, it is what it is. He-Man is the amazingly terrible program. So it's almost like... Mm. I know I know it's not what we were originally thinking of, that magic moment when Derek said, this is amazingly terrible. It, but it fits so well into amazingly terrible that it's hard for us to excise it. I just, uh, while we're waiting, let's see. Like, wh- I just, by, um, by poll, what's the n- most number of times you've pooped in a day? i'll start the bidding at at three do i hear a three Uh, hold on let me i think we have to define poop like are we saying (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah no you you get get what i'm saying here Are, are, are we saying like hey i had Nothing but fucking jalapeno poppers last night, and I washed it down with a bottle of gin. I'm going to be in and out of the restroom all day type thing? Or are we just saying normal diet, and the next day I'm dropping deuces left, right, and center? Also, are we talking about an adult? Because my child today took three (laughs) shits in the span of 90 minutes. And I'm not talking like sharts. I'm talking shits. No, that's not. Full-blown... Lock and load turd. Uh, children have an unfair advantage in this department. So, okay, uh, I would say yes. Adults, uh, right. I would, I would say, I would, I would qua- probably qualify it a little bit and say probably unexpectedly. Like, if you had a couple beers the night before, maybe I'll, I'll allow it. But yeah, let let let's say it's not accompanied by a hangover. Right, yeah, no, so it's not a hangover, it's not an illness, it's not, like, I ate something that I knew disagreed with my stomach. Yeah, yeah. Just straight up, normal, healthy day. (laughs) Yeah, straight up, now tell me, will you poop me forever? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess the other other question I gotta ask is, are we talking, like, normal deuce? Are we talking, like, the squeeze and squeeze and squeeze? Feels like a big old shit comes out, and you look in the toilet, and it's like <laughs> it's a desiccated husk. It's like bunny pellets. Yeah, like I mean, we're talking normal, right? Like a hundred percent normal. No, no, no. I think I would allow for bunny. I mean, like, I mean, I don't want to judge. I, I will allow. I, I'll say like episodes of entry to the to the toilet with the full intention of expunging a deuce, despite the fact that you got a turd, okay. a desiccated turdlet. I th- I think the high end for me on a day on a normal day would be 2. Well, okay. And that would be that would be rare. And so I think to to kind of answer your question of what would be considered a lot, 
I think three. I, okay. I'll, I'll agree with three. So you do recall that time frame of my life where I was diagnosed with an internal <laughs> hemorrhoid? Oh, no. You don't you don't recall this? You don't remember me telling stories about a particular couple of days where I probably shat over a dozen times and how I had to, like, <laughs> physically, like, a clench day? my... I had to clench, like, physically clench my butt cheeks together to, like, stop from pooping while I was walking. <laughs> because I had I had popped something internally that, like, oh. was not working. So, like, I was bleeding from my colon at some point in time. Oh, and I was And I was sake. digesting oh, the blood and then, like, pooping the blood out. You don't yeah, remember I don't the story? I think that's what Matt was asking for. You know, I may have blocked it the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could go into some some more detail on this. So, Outback David, Steakhouse. tell us about your pooping story. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd have to go with two as a, as a, as a max on a healthy day. <laughs> All right. I, see, All for right. me, for the max on a healthy day, like on a healthy day, normal poops, nothing yeah. crazy. Five. That would no. be like my max would be like five. For me, three is like normal. Yeah. So. I've done I've done five. I think we just have faster metabolisms than everybody else, Matt. Maybe I mean we're producers. What can I say? <laughs> Much like these podcasts, we are producers. we produce award winning podcasts and award winning dookies. Award winning? What award did we win? Yeah, I gave us an award. Oh, okay. Yeah, a self award winning. Yeah, yeah. The award is just podcast. That there's no nothing else attached to it. It's just it's just a big the podcast. Yeah, it's just a giant uh, three tiered uh, award. Like we've won a huge bowling trophy, but at the bottom it just says podcast. Gentlemen, are we ready to get into some He-Man? Yeah. Are you ready to is it, pop open some He-Man? Is it is it He-Man it's a man or who's a He? E-Man. E-Man. Mm. And the master He-Man. of the metaverse. All right. So here we have an episode. It is season two, episode 44, Oak, Orko's New Friend. It first aired on November 9th, 1984. And that... Ends the extent of my research. Adam, did you have a little more background? <laughs> no, no. I think, Man, I think that's we're just top tier research. We're just sort of like feeding off of what we've already talked about regarding He Man. Have you guys seen yet The Toys That Made Us? It's a Netflix documentary series. You've mentioned this. Mm, is it four this times? This is yeah, David? the third or fourth time. Yes. Well, give us some insights there, Adam. I just don't know if you guys have seen it yet. In that particular documentary series, they talk about the creation of He-Man, and it, and it pretty mm-hmm. much jives with with what you had said earlier. The difference being that the comic book to cartoon to toy seemed like it wasn't actually planned, and it was more like some guy in a pitch meeting. Yeah, some guy in a pitch meeting was talking to like a Japanese toy affiliate. Uh, toy affiliate and the, the Japanese toy affiliate was like why will kids buy this they don't know who these characters are and they were like oh well we'll 
we're gonna make a cartoon about it they're like okay fine and then they come back and they're like okay you have like hundreds of characters you can only fit so many in the cartoon why are kids gonna buy this the characters that they don't see in the cartoon and that's when the executive or the the guy doing the pitch was just like uh because we'll we're gonna make a comic and there's gonna be a comic in each of the toys so that whenever a kid buys the toy there's gonna be a nice. comic that's like the origin story about the, the character and they're like oh that's a great idea in the meantime there's a team of like three or four people and the other people on the team every time this guy opened his mouth they just looked at him like what the fuck are you talking about we never ever talked about this. You're just making <laughs> shit up in this meeting. And they ran with it and they made it work. And much like you said, Matt, it was like, hey, here's a die cast that we have for a different type of toy. Use it for your series and make a new toy out of it. And they're just scratching their head and like, okay, we're going to take this to the artist and he's just going to wedge it in to the universe somehow. Yeah. I heard that they, uh, when they originally made He-Man, they took a, a, a toy called Big Jim. They used mm-hmm. that as the base for like a resculpt to make He-Man, and so um, the original He-Man was more like twelve inches tall, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, but I think that those are expensive to make. I think that's the reason why the GI right, Joe exactly. went, went from the twelve inch or down to like the what was it three quarter inch or five quarter inch figure was was really just to save on material costs for making the 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 doll action figure yeah i think you're right okay so the theme of this episode is lying which is good because um the first lie in this episode uh, is the idea that it's an animation (laughs) oh i thought it was the title (laughs) i was gonna say it's the title that that is the first lie is the title it's actually orko's old friend not new exactly right it is it's true it's his old friend um, also, the, just the uh, the idea that this is actually an animation, because this sets a new low for laziness in portraying motion on screen. It's just, it's incredibly lazy. But it has, I, I think, both a high and a low bar for character design in this episode. Yeah. Oh, it clearly does. Yeah. This is the reason why when I first watched this, the first time we were supposed to be doing He-Man, as soon as I finished watching it, I think the first note that I wrote down was, this is perfect for our podcast. This is perfect for Amazingly Terrible. <laughs> because of how yeah. this is- lazy the animators were, almost to the point where it was like a middle finger to whoever wrote this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a real fuck you. And, and yet there are scenes where they could, where they like they really should have cheaped out. There was a ton of work, um, but they didn't, like the crowd scenes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which are always a huge pain in the butt. Anyway, we get our theme song in which He-Man explains who the hell he is and what the hell he does in typical He-Man-ery fashion. And then we get our title card, Orko's New Friend. We open with a soft Muzak pan across Castle Eternia. And overall, the music in this episode is quite odd. There's lots of weird musical cues, and they're just, like, everything's a little more easy listening than you'd expect for an action-packed cartoon. A lot of the music actually reminded me of early 90s video games from kind of independent developers. <laughs> Cheap. Where, yeah, like it was just this MIDI track, and it was just... You know, like it was just shit. <laughs> it's not good, I'll tell you that. Orko is expecting a f- an old friend called Squanch. 
Squanch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, here we get the second line. It's not a new friend. And also, they're not really that good of friends. They don't yeah. seem to like each other. They're more like acquaintances Very from much. school. Yeah. Yeah. They're more like uh, descended from the exact same genetic stock. By the way, what, what is uh, Orko and Squanch supposed to be again? Are they specters? No, like, they're, is, they're, they're Trollins. They're Trollins, yeah. They, they, they name it in this yeah. episode. Okay. Yeah, they're... Um, oh, yeah. I, I know he says, you slippery little Trollins. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put you in a birdcage. And Squanch does say that he's part of the Trollin fleet. Orko ex- tells Prince Adam and Tila, who are standing there, that Squanch is basically a liar and not to trust him. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can really trust anything Squanch tells us. At that point, Squanch lands in what is essentially the Illuminati Pyramid. Yep. Yep. And, eyeball and he, it all. Except it has, no, it has a radiation symbol. It's just, <laughs> right. It's <has> an eyeball. <laughs> it's kind of like a... Um, a vault door, kind of, that opens. He comes out, yeah. and he looks exactly like Orko, except he has a different hat, and he doesn't have an O on his chest. And in all other ways, he represents the laziest thing the animators could have done, which is, let's just reuse a whole character and call it something else. I don't know. I think that... I think they also got pretty lazy later on, too. We start seeing the robots but uh that and um the oh, my yeah my favorite scene and this is this is a little foreshadowing the juggling of the millstones <laughs> yes yes um the hat that's it would be it's it's not really important but it does kind of set the scene the hat that squanch is wearing is like an old style aviator cap with like yeah. flaps that would buckle underneath his chin so, right away, Squanch begins lying by recounting essentially a scene from Star Wars about his travels to get here. This is one of many lies based on Star Wars that this episode purports to give us. <laughs> Suddenly, the intergalactic police arrive. <laughs> out of and, fucking nowhere. Out of nowhere. Yeah, out of... Cue my favorite scene in this whole episode. No, and these hard hat motherfuckers are clearly into some kinky shit. Yeah, oh, they yeah. are. They've got sensory deprivation helmets and short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they ride around in a dildo-shaped spaceship. Yeah. With side like, side dildos. With side with dildos. Side dildo, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> I don't know where they're going when they leave. I don't know where they came from, but I'll bet it was fun. Well, the best part is also they land and they say, Hey, we have a message for the King. And Adam says, Oh, I'm, I'm the King's son. I'm the Prince. I'll take care of it. They ask for zero credentials. They ask for zero right. follow up questions. Just like, okay, here you go. Here's the information. Well, well, yeah. well, Prince Adam greatly succeeded on his charisma check, <laughs> and, uh, yes. and that's why, and that's why he got to see the bad guy's full character sheet. Nice. And then we get to the nice. best fucking part. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the, they want <laughs> to get so they good. want to get back to the uh, to the sex they were having essentially. So they leave as quick as they can. So they so they tell uh, Prince Adam that they're on the trail of a criminal called Slave Master and his sidekick Jawbreaker. And this is where I was like, 
what the fuck? Because Slave Master is well drawn and has multiple <laughs> angles, and then they're like, and then it's his sidekick, Jawbreaker. And it looks like a sixth grader drew it. Yeah. And they show two <laughs> pictures of it. And that's literally how he looks through the rest of the episode. He's a terrible <laughs> design. Yeah. And see, I think, um, and he's I think voiced what by an here, absolute moron. I think what happened here is they, the, the animators were getting so pissed and tired of the toy makers coming to him and saying, hey, here's the specific thing you have to draw. Here's the specific like equipment you have to include because this is the toy we're trying to sell. Right. And then they were like, we "Okay, have. we don't, we don't have a toy for a robot. Just draw a robot." And they were just like, "Fuck you! Here's the here's the laziest robot we could possibly draw. Here you go." So it's rich. so bad because Slave Master is drawn fairly well and his ship is drawn fairly well and then jawbreaker is trash well this is i mean the way he's designed and the way uh he's the slave master is drawn i'm pretty sure that he escaped from um a brave star cartoon <laughs> and that, oh, he very well could have been a a, a reused character yeah. model yeah uh and he looks a little bit like brack fucked a tex-mex cyborg Anyway, they are displaying this information about these on a little uh, iPad-like device, and we learn some very important information. First of all, his APT is 60, okay? <laughs> his Oh, yeah, his stats. Yeah. His WAJ is 71. He has 71 WAJ. I think that's his wisdom he score, a, right? Yeah. Yeah, he has a GMS of 20 and a PDT of 19, and he's worth 3,709 think- points. I think those are his uh, physical stats because he's not really like a physical guy. So, all these stats are just off the charts. It's crazy. Kimosabi. I've never seen anyone with stats like this. I don't know. Dan's Waz was like eighty nine. So, <laughs> what about his Waj? His Waj was sixty. Um, and then they do what I think is actually very smart. They were just like, here's the old whole exposition dump in a zip drive super floppy that they yeah. give to Prince Adam. Do you think they give that to him because they don't think that Prince Adam is going to remember Jack? Yes, I think that's the case. Also, I think um, I think the uh, zip floppy that they gave him actually has a tracking device on it that allows them mm. to basically do this whole scrying thing that... Uh, Skeletor does in the previous episodes that we've seen just so that they could have something to watch while they're, you know, doing their thing on the dildo ship. I mean, if I was a if I was a kinky space cop, Prince Adam is who I would want to watch. <laughs> that dude's cut. He's got a pink vest and he's cut. I know this is the third episode of this we've seen, but the intro, I don't know why in this particular time that I watched it through the thing that really struck me was how Prince Adam's hair moves as he's like, Mm -hmm. or I think he's, I think he's in a He-Man form at that point in time, but how He-Man's hair moves while he's like galloping towards the screen to like do like some sort of like, I think he's supposed to be like punching the screen or something. I'm not too sure, but that like it's actually animated. Yeah. I don't know why that struck me as like super detailed this time. It was, I don't know. It's very strange. Prince Adam and Tila leave in the middle of once, uh, in the middle of Squanch's further lying, in in kind of like a brutally mean way. 
and then Orko and Squanch have a kind of falling out over the the lies that Squanch is telling. And Squanch decides to take a walk. He's had enough of this, so right away we learn, like, they're not great friends, and he just walks away. Yeah. Fortunately, while walking through the repetitive woods, he happens on the Slave Master's ship, which strongly resembles the Millennium Falcon. It, it has very Millennium Falcon-esque feel to it. It's like the same circular shape. Some of the detail work on the sides. Yeah. Yeah, the the design of it is very, is very Star Wars-y. At any rate, he quickly rushes back to tell Orko. And uh, Orko doesn't believe Squanch, so he says, I have to go check on the ship with you. So they head back. And once seeing the ship, Squanch convinces Orko that they should... Uh, break into it and capture Slave Master. And it, that is exactly what Squanch says. And this is after Orko says, okay, we have to go back and get uh, Tila yeah. and Prince Adam. We have to warn them so they can come and help. And Squanch says, why don't we go capture the Slave Master ourselves? There's air vents on the top of the ship. All we have to do is fly really high up and dive straight Going down the into the vents, and then we get inside. And this is when Orko just shifts the cigar from the right side of his mouth back over to the left side of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Looks up from the zip drive he was looking at, glares at uh, Squanch in the eye, and says, Squanch, you're the craziest motherfucker I've ever met. And I like it. Let's do this thing. Yes. And then it starts playing Fast and the Furious music. <laughs> right. He says, family. 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 It's all about family. Um, so they they do this. They go into the ship, and they go through the air ducts. Which, why does a spaceship have air vents? Yes. I, I, yeah. Also, and they look like windows, too. <laughs> like, they're not, they're not vent-shaped or vent-colored right. or vent-vented. Vent they go into a round uh, opening into a square vent. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't get the best HVAC contractor no. on that build. <laughs> well, I mean, this leads Whoa. to the next scene where Slave Master's really complaining about the quality of the labor. Yeah, he. Re I mean, he really is. He's racist as shit, but yeah. So they come in, and this is my favorite line. Orko pushes down the, the duct and peeks his head, and he says, I wonder if there's anybody in here. Oh, no. <laughs> It's a good line, but it's not the best. <laughs> I'll trust that you will point out the best when we get there. It's coming up. So they hear Slave Master talking to Jawbreaker. This is when we learned that they are kind of a dark mirror George and Lenny from Of Mice of Men and Men. <laughs> oh, that's a great con oh, that's a great nice. comparison because Jawbreaker nice. is fucking yeah. stupid. Yes. Yeah, he he talks like the red hair monster from Looney Tunes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That he does. And I don't even think he's that... St he just sounds stupid. He doesn't actually do anything that's that stupid. He just continuously... He walks terrible, though. <laughs> like, does anybody notice that? Like, imagine, like, stand straight up, like, like fucking rod straight, and then do the, like, most minute squat you can 
<laughs> while keeping your torso vertical and then walking only with your legs. I can't maybe I can't believe you're making fun of a disabled robot this way. <laughs> Shame. Listen, if you're a robot, you're not disabled. There are parts to repair you. I really think we could we could really review this like a ninth grade English class and look at this through the lens of Steinbeck's of Mice and Men. That's I, actually I honestly right. a great comparison. Like yeah. fucking he is Lenny. I don't think Lenny walked like that, but he, he he's, <laughs> he's Lenny. Lenny. Porco is the rabbit. Um Yeah. I think He Man might be Curly's wife. I think He Man is Curly's wife. I think so. Ooh, is is that the one who breastfed No oh, wait, no, I'm thinking Graves Wrath, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're mixing up your depression. <laughs> I'm, mix, I'm mixing up my Steinbeck. I'm sorry I'm too educated for you guys. Yeah, it's, Next tr- question. it's rough. Uh, it's rough for you. Right. Yeah. I've always been more of a Faulkner man myself. T.S. Eliot. He goes on... Uh, slave Master says that he wants the strongest creature on Eternia as a slave because all the other slaves are weak and pathetic, and we see them arranged in cages around Slave Master. So he's really, like... He's really running these fuckers down. Uh, at that point, Orko sneezes, and they rush to escape, but he's quickly captured in what is clearly a custom-designed trollin capture birdcage, while Squanch rushes past Slave Master's thick-thighed bodyguards. And I do like the fact that they, they did keep it very He-Man for all the slaves in here, too. Because we do have, like, an insect dude, a snail dude, a bear dude, a... Don't. Uh, don't. Don't do this now. Elephant dude. I okay, have a okay. whole bit on this. <laughs> okay, we'll save it. When we I'll get to the mines. Let me do my bit. Do your bit. <laughs> As the two uh, the two trollins begin to escape, the slave master begins to mo- like pantomime a masturbatory motion with his left hand <laughs> while saying, his face, I'll yeah. get you my slippery little trollins. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Now we know the real reason <laughs> Cocaine, why the Galactus burn, P- burn, burn, burn. Why the Galactic Police want this guy. It's yeah. not to he's put a, him Oh, in. yeah, he's... <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah, the, the, he the, the ramp up to the that joke is terrible, but yeah. <laughs> it's criminal. But the scene, the scene is on the nose, in your face. Like, it... Like, I thought I was going to have a little bit more of a lead-up maybe to a joke on that one, but I didn't. And that scene actually surprised me. I was like, holy fuck. Like, he's doing the jerk-off motion while saying, you slippery little trollins. And I was Again, like, this, this is just the animators, like, having their fun. Getting tired of yeah. being forced to draw these toys. Yeah, it's the so. fucking... It's the erect penis on Little Mermaid, or like good girls take off their clothes and and Aladdin or whatever, all that shit. Yeah, it's everything I love. (laughs) (laughs) Prince Adam and Tila are just chilling with Man at Arms when Squanch arrives and relates that Orko has been captured. And this is the mystery of the entire episode. Because Man-at-Arms says, I have been working on... And then Squanch comes in and interrupts him and starts making a big noise. I want to know what the fuck was Man-at-Arms working on. Was he he developing a new technology to merge dimensions? 
was he actually going through the motions nope. to try to bring the one universe back into existence? Huh? Wow. Huh? I don't know. I couldn't say. <laughs> I we'll never know. Because of Squanch. <laughs> Fucking <a> Squanch. <laughs> they disbelieve him for about three seconds and then are persuaded to follow him. So basically he says basically the lesson of this episode is you can lie all you want, but when you're telling the truth, tell it twice, and then people will believe you. Be very emphatic, and then you'll get over that. So they head back to the scene of the crime, but Slave Master's ship is missing. However, Man-at-Arms, the single only, probably the only useful character on this show, yes. finds Orko's magic ring, which he said that he gave to Orko on his birthday. Which, they kind of have a weird workplace relationship now. <laughs> it's very strange, yeah. Do you think that made it awkward between them? Like, Man-at-Arms got him, like, kind of an inappropriate gift, and Orko's like, ah, oh, thank, oh, thank you. <laughs> and, and Orko just had, like, the card, like, the generic Hallmark card. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> or he like, uh, I got you 10% off our new wrench set. <laughs> yeah. I got you this, uh... Bed Bath and Beyond's coupon. You know they're good. Yeah, yeah. Anytime. You know they don't expire, right? <laughs> yeah. They'll always honor this. <laughs> I got you a, a free extra fries at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they have Cracker Barrel on Eternia. It would surprise me if they didn't. Yeah. Is that you think that's the only like uh, um, mass market food chain that they have on Eternia, or are there others? I think they also have a uh, Howard Johnson. You think and a Sizzler, Howard Johnson, Cracker Barrel, a Sizzler. That's it. Is this the most Midwest hell <laughs> fast food restaurant list we can come up with? Yeah, and they don't have IHOP; they have Waffle House. You know, Waffle House is better than IHOP. Oh, I totally agree with you, but just, yeah. you know, yeah. it's not as nice. IHOP dresses it up as, a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's not quite as clean. Like, like if every, I want fancy fucking pancakes, I'll just go get... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. man, when you're fucking hammered at three in the morning... Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, I'm not going to it IHOP. Hits nothing, nothing hits harder than Waffle House. <laughs> yeah. You're like, that's when you're like midway through eating it. You just look up like moment of realization. You're like, I'm going to poop five times tomorrow. <laughs> uh, only two. Only, only two. And then my... I mean, you haven't lived if you haven't fallen asleep on the table at a Waffle House. <laughs> All right. So we cut to Slave Master's Mine. And Orko is demonstrating how useless he is as a miner or a slave, or in any way. Isn't he relatively useless at everything? Yes. I argue that Slave Master is just a really bad employer. Because okay. he's just not utilizing the skill sets that each of his employees brings to bear. So instead of having <laughs> Orko do magic shit, or magic gems or minerals out of the earth... He forces him to use a pickaxe. Right. It's, it's he just does bad. also. Just bad management is really what it comes down to. I kind of agree because he does at one point say that the new slave, quote unquote, isn't going to work out. 
dude, he's a fucking slave. Like, you can't fire him. What are you going to do? Work him to death faster? It would be funny if they just sort of let Orgo go. <laughs> I mean, with maybe like a he's very package. progressive on, yeah, yeah, like employee management. I mean, he's clearly not. Yeah. But he also, I mean, he gave a performance evaluation for one of his slaves. He was like, hey, this slave isn't going to work. So right. I, I guess I guess we'll give him a full severance package and send him off and be like, hey, good luck and slaved him somewhere else. As a credit to your, to your, your assessment there is that he does delegate very well. He does mm-hmm. wind up like having one of his slaves go pick up other slaves. So at the very least, well, you know, he, Jawbreaker. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jawbreaker is a slave of his, though. Jawbreaker might not wow. know. Wow. Oh. But this is a whole new he, dimension. Because I'm pretty sure uh, Slave Master has the key fob for Jawbreaker. So he just has to like, hit the button. <laughs> yeah. See, I was thinking since Slave Master looked sort of robotic himself, that this was a whole robots turning and making orga- organics do oh, all of the oh. all of the grunt work since since he has a whole bunch of robots that would obviously be much better at mining than these people i'm getting a lot of pizza cat vibes yes pizza cats samurai pizza cats yeah they should have hired the pizza cat mining robots but the, he does mention at some point in time later on about being um behind on his deadline like they're like behind on the mining deadline. So obviously, yeah, there's, I mean, there's something that's causing him to have to mine within a certain time frame, and maybe that actually them both being robots could speak to that. Maybe they're trying to like mine enough mineral to be able to keep them. But running. like, they actually feed. He's like the in, he's like the entire economy. He's like the monopsony for slaves. Like he he buys from himself. To put the slaves to work in his own mind. Like, there's no economy here. It's just him. He does delegate. He demands that Jawbreaker find him the strongest man on Eternia, which uh, is pretty fucking cis-normative of him. You know, fuck you, Slave Master. Good point. Good point. Yeah, He's that's right. Definitely not, it's not your slavery that I object to. Wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what is slavery during this time frame in Eternia, if not just internships for laborers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, I think we've already established that internships equal slavery. The end. <laughs> anyway, all through the um, the mining scene, we see some amazing character designs, and I have come up with names for them. Ooh. We have, nice. I like this. We have... Yeah, we have Loincoth Care Bear. <laughs> there was a couple of uh, Japanese underwear people in there. Yeah. And I don't mean Japanese, like, samurai underwear, if that makes sense. Yeah, like yeah. Like sumo wrestler underwear. Like sumo wrestler yeah. diapers. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, like, definitely a long strip of cloth wrapped around the Guchidal region. Guchidal region. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, a, a traditional Japanese prefecture. <laughs> the Guchidal region. Uh, yeah, they have incredible ramen mm. in the Guchidal, you know. Yeah. Anyway, it's a little gamey. <laughs> kind of. T- what were you calling uh, him, Adam? <laughs> uh, I was calling him the uh, the Ware Care Bear. Yes, that's good. 
He's pretty fit. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, he's been digging in a mine all day. Then we've got Larva Face. Yep. The That's a good bad one. haircut porcupine. Ooh. Uh, the nice. Grinch who stole meth. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. The he he's also very uh, sad. But I think yeah, the, the yeah, Grinch he's really... is, is is sad himself. And I think that it's um what Walter Grinch? Grinch White. Walter Grinch Walter, White. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh the Grinch who knocks. Ooh, the Grinch who knocks, yes. Yeah. Then we have uh, somehow racist elephant man. Uh, Effeminate yes. jackhammer ghoul. You think he's effeminate? Uh, I don't know. Uh, escape from the from the planet of the bushel bees. And then uh, sexy drumstick. Is that Orko? <laughs> sexy drumstick. <laughs> no, that's that's like the chicken ladies. They show up in a couple scenes, but. Okay. We also have the single greatest character in He-Man oh, yeah. history ever. That is Buttmouth Emaciated Snail Man with a Laser Cutter. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly I'm, who you're talking he's about. He's amazing. The, the design it of that is character a, is so good. It is an awesome character design. <laughs> I, would, I would call him Fast Snail. But, uh, there you go. It, it the is, shell it is, is very like good. designed that it's held on by straps in the front. Yeah, it's like a backpack. Yeah, but yeah it's, it's like a giant backpack. Yeah. yeah, and I love that it's clearly designed like those toy backpacks for '80s action figures. That it's like a snap-on black backpack. There are like oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it like clips onto his shoulders. Anyway, I started calling him the Beamy Me, butt mouth emaciated snail man with laser cutter. The beamy me. I like that. We cut away from the mine to find He-Man, Men-at-Arms, Tila, and Squanch. Uh, they're putting on a strongman show. And uh, in this show, He-Man does various feats of strength, including juggling millstones. Which each uh, weighs one scene... ton. Yes. In a scene that is the embodiment of the triumph of capitalism over artistic integrity. <laughs> he 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 starts juggling this millstones well by waving his hands in the air and at a certain point he maintains the same pose but he just stops waving his hands and the millstones just fall to the ground and it's mm-hmm. it's so incredibly lazy it's <laughs> it's breathtaking it's pretty bad now in all fairness though how difficult is it to draw somebody juggling? I mean, you you would know better than any of us. So, I'm. I mean, I I guess it's pretty difficult. You 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 rotoscope that shit. You don't fucking try to try to draw it by hand. I mean, mm. you do draw it by hand, but you rotoscope it over an image. So, anyway, it's it's pretty sad. So at that point. Uh, from the crowd, Jawbreaker throws off his cloak and, and declares that it's time for everyone's nap. And he gasses the crowd. <laughs> and and in it, you have uh, He-Man play dead, right? 
Well, he he winds up netting He Man. Yeah, he he shoots a net from his from his wrist and captures He Man. His wrists are like essentially a toothpaste tube full of whatever. Deus yeah, yeah. Machina. Like he does, yeah. he has. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got a a saw blade. He's got flames. He's got a uh, poison sprout. He's got yeah yeah. yeah. He's got he's nets. Got nets. He's got. He's got a tube. Oh, he's he's got a tube full of dreams in there, and he's shooting them he's everywhere. He's so poorly <laughs> fucking drawn, too. Now, like, I did like the fact that this this scene does answer a question that I believe Derek posed in the very first review of He Man, and it was how strong is He Man? And we okay. we know that at the very least he can hold two tons in one hand. Because we do we do see him just hold sure. his hand out with one hand, holding two of the millstones at once before he starts juggling. So, well, I mean, and he seems it seems to take no effort. Like, and it's no effort. Yeah, that was a quantifiable question. I mean, because He Man oh, yeah, does, yeah. And, and the reason the reason it was asked, and it just like this episode, although he's about to do, and Matt may address this, he can sometimes snap what seems to be you know ultra strong metal you know bands or whatever like mm-hmm. cables yeah whatever handcuffs or cables or whatever around him and then other times he's like oh i can't fucking move and you're like dude you're you're like wrapped in dental floss you know he's got comic book problems where like uh he's as strong or as weak as the plot demands but also yeah. like the, the classic comic book problem which is power creep right so like everything's pulp storytelling so Characters only get stronger. Keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, that this actually keep upping the is, stakes. We 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 can explain this way pretty easily with like how close he has been to the last time he snorted coke. Mm-hmm. So right after he snorts True. His, his coke, he's super strong. So that juggling scene, he like he just did an eight ball. But then, yeah. like when he gets wrapped up in the tittle floss to kick it out, that was it's been like a day or two since he went on a coke bender. Right. So he's like just so weak. He measures his strength in grains. And, and yes, in grams. Yeah, G- grams or gr- or grains of coca coke. Did I just grains okay, of coca coke? Anyway, coca coke, coca coke, space coke. <laughs> coca coke is that? That's extra cokey. Uh, and I actually think, uh, back to our earlier episode, I think this is one of the few times we I see the actual inhabitants of Eternia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we actually see the people that live there, and they seem just like regular old peasants. Yep. We we get to see both, like, the the people that live in the villages, and then we also get the chance to see all the slaves that the slave master has. Yes. And the question then becomes, are the slaves that the slave master has captured, are they actually just from Eternia, or are they from other parts of the galaxy and brought to Eternia to do the big mining operation? I get the feeling that they're from other parts of the galaxy. He certainly is a well-traveled. He, know, he knows what Trollins are and how slippery they can be and how rewarding <laughs> that experience is. <laughs> So I think he's collected them oh, from yeah. from the stars. Nice, nice. So He-Man is taken to the mines, and they go down a long elevator shaft, and it's clear that Slave Master is dug too deep. 
and this place <laughs> really looks like one of the Dwemer dungeons from Skyrim. Mm-hmm. It definitely it actually looks kind of cool. And yeah, the this mine exists underneath where the ship has landed. Now, keep in mind the ship has actually moved to a new location now. So this entire underground right. complex would have to have been built within like less than a day. Or unless like the complex is so huge there are multiple entrances and exits. I could see that. He just sort of parks over the different entrance at different times. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Sh- shoots his slaves down in a tube and then sucks them back up when he- they're done. Yeah, he just has like the little pneumatic tubes that you have at the uh at the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and this is when we also first see this is the scene right where we first see the uh, slave master's throne. Yeah, very briefly. Yeah. He he meets slave master super short. Uh we see he's flanked by sexy drumsticks. Mm. And he and he's quickly thrown into the mine with Orko. Now keep in mind the entire time he man is working on his uh his tight five. He's actually like trying to do comedy the whole time. Just being like you think so. snarky. Being a little snarky, being a little like you know, trying to like undermine by like cracking jokes here and there. And he's like pissing off Jawbreaker and uh Slave Master and they're like, Oh, we're gonna break you or whatever and he he's like, Ooh, sounds like fun. Let's do this thing. Yeah, he has he has some witty retorts. I mean, they're neither witty nor really retorts, but there yeah. are things that he says. And it's almost like he's trying to prove that he's not a slave sort of thing, or he's not going to be broken or whatever. So Right, yeah. And, and he proves that fairly quickly. He wastes no time in rebelling. And while the other slaves watch blankly... He uh, snaps his bonds and fights and defeats Jawbreaker. Now, here's the thing that I don't understand. Yes. Why the fuck did they not take away his sword? His sword? They just left the sword strapped to his fucking back. And he barely uses it. In the last couple episodes that we've watched of He-Man, they do the exact same thing. He's tied up with his sword on his back, and then he, like, busts out of it, and he doesn't go... Oh hey, I've got the sword of, with the power of Castle Grayskull that can like chop fighter jets in half. No, he's just like I do cocaine with a sweet yeah. haircut. Yeah, I mean, I, I think well, it's probably because they just like they they're very uh, realistic and they look at that and they're like you'll never be able to draw that store or off your back. <laughs> the physics of it simply don't work. <laughs> and also, look at so the, look how thick that sword is. You can't even cut anything right. with it. It's just going to, like, yeah, bounce off anything you try to swing at. Well, here's a question I have, and I don't know about this in, like, the mythology of the, the show. If He-Man is separated from the sword, does he revert back into Prince Adam? Is, like, his power contingent upon the sword? Well, we talked about this That's last time. That's a good time. question. We talked about this last time. There really is no difference. And uh, it's just him doing a shit ton of cocaine and, and, and ripping his shirt off. Like, there's not... Prince Adam is fucking ripped. So... Well, yeah, dude. You don't gain fat when you do all that much cocaine. Oh, man. That's what I've been doing wrong. 
So you think that... Like, I mean, home, Homeboy hits the gym on the reg, right? But he can also <laughs> eat and drink whatever he wants because of a constantly regulated diet of... White you know, powder. Uppers. Yeah. Yeah, some sort of amphetamine. Yeah. Mm. There's no fat on his body. I mean, do it is true. Think that the sword that he's carrying around then, do you think that's just a prop? Like it's actually like a, a rubber sword or a wooden sword... And that's the reason why nobody takes it from them is just because they're like, oh, it's it's like a it's a piece of garbage you have strapped to your back. Whatever, who cares? You, you know what it you know what it is. It's one of those dipsticks from when you used to get like that powder candy, and they would have the candy <laughs> stick. <laughs> and but it's oh, the, but it's the, just the pure cocaine. Yeah, yeah, the dip and lick. But the the stick itself is just pure compressed cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> just picturing him like trying to snort the whole sword it's like just trying to like right. shove it up his nose no 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 he licks it that's how he keeps it sharp <laughs> nice Orko helps out a bit with some magic and he douses Jawbreaker's flamethrower arm and well um, and I feel like this is some pretty powerful magic that he's doing because it's actually like transmuting it's conjuring and transmuting a bunch of like different elements. So he conjures a uh, giant pot of water to dump on top of Jawbreaker, and then later on he he transmutes Jawbreaker's gun into like a toy. That's true. Or, uh, and this is one of the few. This is one of the few times when Orko's magic does not backfire or go wrong in some way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, He Man ties up Jawbreaker with a pickaxe shaft that he bends around his arms and he frees the slaves who finally like basically at that point they are animated whereas before they were simply <laughs> standing background blankly staring yeah mm-hmm. and i do like the fact that we get a we do get a kobold in here too suddenly there's a slave yes like randomly man that looks like a little little kobold and he rushes to confront slave master he quickly beats the thick-thighed body bots and smashes Slave Master's motorized wheelchair, rendering Slave Master defeated. Now, at what point does he pick up the stone ground and whip it like it's a carpet? That's the first thing he does. Yeah, that's what he does against the thick-thighed uh, robots that are coming after him. Rug yeah. Rug. He's he's uh, pulling the rug out of those thick boys. Hmm. Out from under them thick boys. <laughs> Those they went to party with the international the with the uh, intergalactic police after this. Oh yeah, you know those bots have an all night setting where they oh, just yeah. pound all night. Oh yeah. Well, this leads me to like the the punishment part of this whole ordeal, where they stand in front of the sorceress. To do like the verdict. Yes. Do you mean the part where she feeds all of the slaves uh, and slave master and jawbreaker into a, a dismemberment field uh, that renders them into <laughs> atoms and just calls I, it justice? I like to think that it actually um, it it compresses them all into one single <laughs> diamond. Ooh, nice. But no, the, the, the audio that they have here is that uh, the sorceress determines that the slave master should go home to face his punishment. Mm-hmm. 
So it was supposed to be like a dimensional doorway that sends everybody home. And I was just like, why the fuck are you sending him home? Why don't you, like, he committed the crime here in Eternia. Why don't you just, like, freeze him in Carbonite mm -hmm. and then launch him right. into space or, like, keep him in the back room somewhere and then reprogram Jawbreaker to be, like, a, like a nanny or, like, an au pair or something? He'd be, he'd be, <laughs> I think he'd be really good with taking care of kids. He's got the, uh, the dream pipes on him. And the kid just be like, I want mac and cheese. Yeah. And just, There's mac and cheese for you, kid. <laughs> Oh, really? I was thinking the kid would be like, I want mac and cheese, and he just shoves the gas emitter into the kid's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right to sleep, you little bitch. It's time for your nap. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. It's always time for my nap. Uh, <laughs> um, nice. I, I mean, I think I think that the sorceress fucking tells everybody, oh, yeah, I sent them all home, but she just fucking <laughs> fed them into the uh, matrix of lasers that uh, rendered mm -hmm. them to atoms. Just, just slices them in pieces, yeah. It's yeah. like the putting them into a transporter field and then, like, not reforming them afterwards. Just letting them right. spread out into the universe. Uh, so then we get a scene where Squanch leaves. For, at first, feels like he's learned his lesson, that he shouldn't lie all the time. And then he jokes about all the telltales he's going to tell. And then he says, well, I'm, I'm joking. In between there, he does say something about how like he's the best, the best pilot for the Trellin fleet somewhere in there. I think and that's I, the joke part. Well, and, you can't well, see it, but I'm is, doing air quotes. Yes, but was the joke that he was in the fleet, or was the joke that he was the best pilot in the fleet? Massive well, all question. of his lies seem to be references to Star Wars, so I assume he's like referencing that Luke Skywalker is the best pilot in uh, the the I Rebel thought, fleet. I thought that Biggs was the best pilot in the Rebel fleet. And that Let's... Skywalker just happened to use the Force at the right time. Oh, you think that's Biggs, it? Yeah, because Biggs was the one that was able to thread the uh, thread the needle back at uh, such and such canyon on uh, Tel Aviv. No, What's no, wrong? no, no. That that was uh, did did he hit swamp swamp rats? Womp, in his womp rats. Womp rats. Womp, womp rats. rats. Was he, he slamming those womp rats the way Luke he does? He was just slam jamming those womp rats right into yeah. each other. I believe other it's the term was bullseyeing the womp rats. Oh, yeah, bullseye I would bullseye a womp rat. Right. Yeah. Yep. Any day of the week. Hey, well, you know what? Fuck you, nerds. Fuck you. <laughs> That's what I have to say. I'm not talking to you guys, my fellow. Uh, I'm talking to our listeners. You like you like mm -hmm. Star Wars, you, you bitch-ass listeners? Fuck you. Bubba Fett. So we got the mo we get the coda, the moral, in which Orko oh, says yes. that Squanch made up stories to feel important. Cause he's a bitch. He learned that we are mm. he learned that we're all important. Which is a fucking lie. None lie. of us are important. Tell lies, kids, do drugs, do yeah. whatever the fuck yep. you want. Don't don't follow the advice of Tila or Orko or Man at Arms. Follow the fucking advice of Hammerman, and have a fucking yeah. backup plan for your life. You're not special. Everybody's <laughs> yeah, got the yeah. same skills yeah. you Listen. do. Listen, yeah, get an you MBA. Seen... Do it. 
You ever seen the meme <laughs> that has a picture of our galaxy? And there's an arrow pointing to some random spot in the galaxy, and that this is you crying, jerking off in the shower? Yeah. Mm. That's all that matters. Wow. That's, uh, that's uplifting. So, guys, did you squash this episode? <laughs> squanch, yeah! <laughs> I squanched I squanched about six times a day. <laughs> By the way, in the description, did you notice that squanch was spelled with a G in the like later portion of the spelling? Yes. I went on the wiki, and I found the quote-unquote correct spelling, and it is a G. Ooh. Interesting. I hate this. So, so was squanch, <laughs> not squanch? Mm, yes. Mm. It's squanch, yeah, mm. not squanch. Uh, have you squanch. had some of the squanch, sir? Oh, my. This is this is from the squanch region of France. Mm-hmm. This is not yeah. sparkling white squanch. No, yes. I love the mouthfeel of the squanch. You would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it pairs well with a slippery little trollin. <laughs> <laughs> it grew on me, but I the honestly the initially the laziness of the animation really really pissed me off. But yeah. the overall plot and character designs were really fun, and I liked that. I I did think that it was very interesting how the episode really like bent over like really hard to give itself that reach around. By saying, like, this is the boy who cried wolf episode, and it's going to resolve by some sort of, like, weird sideshow lying scenario right. that He-Man has to pull off to, to fool the Slave Master. Right. Only 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 more lies can fix your old can lies. fix the lies. Yes, exactly. Yes. I also really like the fact that none of the bad guys were toys in this. There was no Slave Master toy. There was no Jawbreaker toy. Well, yeah, because Jawbreaker was drawn like hot fucking garbage. Yeah. So if you can't, I mean, obviously we're all going to get the the butt mouth emaciated snail man with a laser gutter <laughs> toy. Toy. Um, exactly. But if you could, yeah, if you could get one other toy from this episode, which one would you get? Ooh. Ooh, uh, sexy elephant diaper man. (laughs) (laughs) With the uh, thick eyebrows? Yes. I don't know. That's a good question. I was going to say the thick-thighed robots, maybe. (laughs) That's That's my pick. There's just the fact that they did not skip leg day ever. Every day is leg day. Absolutely not. And I like that, like they're robots on the bo- on the top, and party boys on the bottom, in <laughs> <laughs> full chads on the bottom. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, yes, love it. I'm picturing the uh, radiation pyramid ship as some sort of like coin bank. Oh, nice! Ooh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. You could like. It's one of those ones where like the radiation is where you put the coin in, and it's like a it slides down inside. Yeah, maybe it's one of those ones that like sorts them. Ooh, yes, it sorts That'd them. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. If I can get like a set of them, like a whole bunch of them, I'd go with the Galactic Police also, just so I could like have like a mm. whole army of like dildo men or men that like dildos. Yeah, your your little fuckboy army. Yeah, a little fuckboy army would be nice. 
with the antennae and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ah uh, yeah. But of course, the first one would be that yeah. fucking snail. That that I really do think, honest to goodness, like <laughs> all stupid jokes and perversions aside, I feel like that would have been a pretty cool toy to have. I want that but, toy. I really. Yeah. He was super fucking cool. Uh, the Be Me Me is as my toy for sure. Because I mean. Think about what's... You could, like, put stuff in his little snail backpack. It would probably detach. Mm-hmm. And there'd be stuff in there you could put in. Probably you could store his laser gun in there. You could store all the other accessories that keep getting lost. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. Messed, up Grin, the messed up Grinch probably, like, he's stuffed in there and you it's two toys in one. <laughs> I'm just going to say it would be pretty cool. Toys if, and um, drugs. If the... Um, snail man actually kind of like folded up so you can like tuck him into the shell Ooh, like he was an actual yeah. snail sometime Ooh, where he be could become cool a snail oh. oh yeah now we're getting into transformer territory i love it yeah oh yeah beast wars uh derek how did you feel about this episode <sighs> so i think he-man is is honestly the the kind of embodiment of amazingly terrible. Um, like, it, it really is. You know, I, I, I watched this episode and I was, there's a lot of it that I was like, wow, this is fucking garbage TV. And then a lot of it that I was like, wow, this is actually highly entertaining. Um, I think this episode had a better story than any of the other He-Mans that we watched. I agree. Like, it was a, it was a story about morals and, and something that you would show to kids. Like, hey, don't, you know, because little kids are going to tell you fucking all kinds of nonsense. And it was like, hey, don't exaggerate. And and the nice thing that they did in this this episode is they did not say lie. You know, they said he likes to tell stories. Uh, what was the original thing on Squanch? It, he is an active imagination. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah. Like it was not like, oh, he's a liar. So it was never making him out to be a bad guy. So in that sense, I thought it was it was actually very nice and and very well presented. But then in the standard He Man nonsense, I'm like, oh god, like. This is awful. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm to- every time we watch He Man, I'm torn. I can I can see why He Man. Put it this way: I can see why He Man has a essentially a cultural icon place in in kind of our our nerd existence and and honestly, like our you know just kind of mainstream existence. Like yeah, these cartoons weren't great by any means, but that one was was actually I hate to say it pretty good. There was there was enough story here that it was interesting, uh, but do you like He Man? I sort of hate him. He's like a real <laughs> smarmy jackass. This episode, yeah. I don't no, like yeah, his character. Yeah. Like I I will absolutely a hundred percent. I don't understand how they fucking created this guy to be a hero. Like he's a like you said, he's he's kind of a full of himself prince, and then he becomes this like you know, he's the master of the universe. He is he man, and the motherfucker doesn't even use his sword. Like if I was the he man <laughs> running around in leather underpants mm-hmm. and some BDSM rig with a sword that I can yell "Power of Castle Grayskull" and shoot like dick lasers out of. Guess what I'm doing? I'm fucking up all the bad guys. No, he just sucks. <laughs> he, just, he just sucks on it, all the levels. Yeah, it sickens me that he's not more violent. It, <laughs> to my core. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's it's a children's cartoon. He doesn't have to be violent, but he has to be, like, a hero. 
Mm, yeah. I think every every episode that we've seen with He-Man in it, he gets captured at least at some point. And not to go with the whole former former president, like, I don't like people who got captured, <laughs> like which is bullshit. <laughs> but maybe you shouldn't have your hero get captured in every episode. It's just me. I I I I agree with you that in that he seems to have limited storytelling potential. Yeah, no, well, he I mean, he d- d- yeah. limited. You mean zero? Well, that's that's what you were saying with like the comic book problem. The fact that like they essentially made him an invincible character. So, how do you create stakes for an invincible character? You right have some sort of. Well, interdimensional robot tie him up and threaten to bone him with Skeletor's staff. You know, I don't know. Well, I, th- I think what happens is it's not really about him. It's about all the supporting characters. Yeah, um, yeah. And he just comes in to save the day. But he never really truly saves the day. That's that's my whole point. Is like He-Man is the most useless superhero cartoon character we've seen. Wow. Strong words. Like, what, what did he words. do? What did he do in this episode? He broke a couple fucking sets of handcuffs. <laughs> yeah, Whoa, just property well, damage. Yeah. The best kind that, of that, damage. I mean, that's seriously what he did. And the thing about this particular ep- episode, like talking about the the attitudes and everything, is uh, at zero points, at absolutely no point during this entire episode, was He Man concerned about anything. He was just sort of like no. lazily no. going through the motions, like no. trying to work on his bits and like make fun of people or make fun of the situation, acting like a real swarmy yeah. jackass, like you guys were saying. But like at no point in time was he like, did he move with any type of like intentionality? At no point in time was he like, ooh, this is an emergency that I need to like react to. At no point in time was he concerned about Orko's life at, at all, really. And yeah. it seemed like him capturing the slave master was just sort of like a thing to do, not like, oh shit, I gotta get this guy off of Eternia because it's putting my my people at risk. He man's dead inside. I think he is. Yeah. Well, maybe he's just like at the bottom of a coke hole, you know? Maybe he just is like done way too much below <laughs> at this point in time. Yeah. And he just like can't feel anything. Well, I do think it is a problem that he he started off perfect and he has no character development at all. Like, yeah. I would be much more interested in him if he like learned things and learned lessons and grew as a as a person. But he's he's perfect, so he's just a foil for resolving the plot. Yeah, yeah. David, what did you think of this episode? I thought some of the backgrounds were pretty nice. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Like the the forest had really interestingly designed trees, the the original opening scene with Castle Eternia, the the architecture was very like angular and interesting. Yeah, they also did yeah. these like kind of cool overhead shots where uh, the perspective sort of changed in an, in a not realistic way, but it looked really neat. They did that like of when you were looking down on. Slave Master ship, and when you're looking into the mine caves, and you were kind of panning yeah. across it, there's a you know a huge amount of depth in those drawings. They were really nice. I like it. Well, I don't. Well, who cares what you don't like? I care. So, do we want to keep this show on the list? 
Oof, I'm torn, well, guys. I, I do have to say, real I'm quick. Tor- I'm torn like Derek's butthole. Before we get to the sport, I do, uh, do no, want to say... it's not my butthole. It's the slippery little drawings. <laughs> I, I do want to say that I fucking love this episode of He-Man. <laughs> of all the He-Man, this is the fucking one. No Skeletor. Yeah. No normal bad guys in it. We have to deal with like this B-rated, third-rate bad guy that just sort of shows up out of nowhere. We have no transformation scenes. Battle Cat isn't even fucking in it. Mm-hmm. We get the sorceress to show up at the very end for like a split second to just be like, oh yeah, send them all away. Send them to their own dimensions. Whatever. Who cares? Mm-hmm. It's like... This is like the everyday day in the life of shit that happens on Eternia where they don't really have to worry about the real stuff. This is like their downtime sort of a thing. Yeah. This is why I love this is why I thought we needed to go back and watch this episode because it was perfect for our podcast in the sense that it has none of the iconic points of He-Man in it. It just sort of has it's like a story that happened to have He-Man in it. It is not a He-Man story. I agree, especially because the biggest problem that they face is how to find the bad guy, which is honestly, like, that's a detective story. That's really interesting. Yeah. Now, as far as, like, the He-Man cartoon in general, I'm kind of eh on it, but this cartoon, this episode, this was my episode. I like this one. Right. In a way, you're kind of saying that, like, we got as deep as we could with this one. I feel like and, we did, and maybe so, Yeah. <laughs> And, and maybe so deep that the, the base has sunk in as well. Yeah. This is so deep. There's, no, come out there's the no going side. back. There's no flared base for us to pull back on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No suction cup. Yeah. Mm, I could be convinced to support removing He-Man, but dare we? Do we dare? I think we do. <gasps> I don't know. It would have a huge impact on the algorithm. Would it? Here's Here's my reasoning for it, is that Every He-Man episode we watch, we're going to come to the exact same conclusion. There's going to be a bunch of stuff we like about it and a bunch of stuff we hate about it. And we're all going to say, this was amazingly terrible. Should we cut it or keep it? And we're just going to be rehashing the exact same shit. Wait a minute. Like, you, you just described our stuff. whole podcast. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you just described what we, we do we, here. If we keep He-Man on, we're going to keep doing He-Man. And then we may as well just do He-Man the podcast. Or we can just get rid of it and then explore other kind of obscure TV shows and movies. And it has come up a lot. David, t- tell no. us about how you know how far it's pushed its way out of the possibility in in the new algorithm. If we were to keep it on, is it like a 1 in 10,000 chance we'd be watching it again? I think it's like a 1 in 700. Okay. I don't know. I feel like, for me in particular, I feel I like can't there's take a few that things... Risk. There's a few things okay, that we can't... <laughs> there's a few things that we haven't really seen like in-depth on about it. We haven't really seen hmm. character development for Battle Cat. We haven't really seen. <laughs> we haven't really seen like Tila and uh, Chucklefoots, uh, Prince Adam, Man at Arms. Yeah, well, we also haven't yeah. seen like like Man at Arms or like stuff that's gone on with them. I feel like the very yeah. first episode that we watched was all about character development for Skeletor. But uh, but I feel like the the second episode we watched was the Christmas episode, and I actually feel like that was a little bit more about Shira than it was yep. about He Man. 
Yeah, well, we talked and, about how it really damaged the series, the whole uh, property. And and now we've seen an episode where it's a little bit more focused on Orko. So, I don't know. I'm going to try to keep it. I'm saying keep it. I feel like there's a lot more characters to see here. I feel there's like a, a lot more opportunities for us to be able to see a beefy man and fur thongs. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> Riding a green cat. A beefy no pants. Beefy no pants man. Yeah. So I'm saying keep it. Uh, yeah. All right. Fine. I think we should keep it. Like I said, for the algorithm. <laughs> oh, you've, you've convinced me for the algorithm. <laughs> for the algorithm. Now, we're going to be like tonight. We're going to we're going to roll some shit. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're going to roll some shit. And it's going to be fucking He-Man. And I'm going to be over here like, I fucking told you so. I know. <laughs> I feel like the I feel like the big question is, is is our pain good podcasting? I feel like, but it see, is. that's the that's thing. Like is the this isn't really like, that's that's my whole argument against He Man is this is actually not pain. Like I think we all enjoy He Man. We we recognize why it's campy and it's early eighties, late seventies. Lots of cocaine, <laughs> fucking shitty when it's shitty, but great when it's great, and it's good and it's bad and it's all the in between. But you know what? We love it. Mm. That's why I want to get rid of it. I feel like it is pain, though. But I feel like I feel Derek, like it is. You convinced me. It's, what a I feel speech. like it's. I feel like it's BDSM is really what it is. I feel like it's oh, okay. a kinky type of pain. They're like, it's so painful that it it's actually so pleasurable. Good. Yeah. No, but like the entire time you're fucking wrapped up in the sex swing, like you love it. <laughs> like I hate this and I love it at the same time, and it just. God. <laughs> um, this took a dark turn. Did oh I, man, Matt, did I win you back with my BDSM comment? I don't need to say something else. To, yeah, to win you back. I'm back. No, we can. <laughs> I'm back on board. We can keep it, but I will. I will continue to vote to get rid of it, not because I dislike it, but just because I think it's going to be. Every time we do one of these, it's going to be a carbon copy of the last time we did. I don't know, man. We, we've done three, and you know what? I still think we're extracting horror from it. Yeah, I think oh, so, I'm too. sorry. I meant jokes. <laughs> All right, leave it. It's like that whole method man like hitting you with the spiked bat in the nuts. <laughs> uh Anyway, because Mike's not here, I just have to say that all the scenes with Tila, she looks pretty banging. She's really throwing those hips out. What's What's funny is the my original notes for this episode. Yeah, my my first um, the notes that I had the first time I watched this episode, I, I actually wrote a whole paragraph about the sorceress and about mm-hmm. how I did her. I forgot how hot the sorceress was. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I mean, like, just the way that Tila's standing, that girl's got scoliosis. She's throwing her <laughs> hips out so much. Uh, tell me about what you dig about the sorceress, because she shows up for, like, literally two seconds in this episode. I really think that... And by honestly, literally, I, I, mean, I mean literally. <laughs> yeah, she's in her for, like, 
half a second. I really think that it was, um, like, her outfit, like, the feathered outfit designed to look almost like lingerie. She's mm. also, like, a platinum blonde, which is not sort of, like, my usual taste, hmm. I guess you should say. Is she a platinum blonde, or does she have, like, a feathered headdress thing? I think it's supposed to be a feathered headdress, but it translates... In my, like, lizard brain, prehistoric mind, it translates mm-hmm. into, like, being a platinum blonde. So mm-hmm. She goes under platinum in the Spankadex. And she's, uh, like, very curvy. Very, like, <laughs> waif-like and light and thin. And really, like, a number of things that isn't, like who I'm normally attracted to in real life. But for whatever reason, like, when I saw this, I was like, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, I had, like, a crush on the sorceress. Wow. And also, right. probably the main thing is she's a uh, woman in a position of authority with that, unknown yeah. powers I that kn- actually affect the people around them. So, Yeah, we all know what your fetish is. <laughs> Slippery little tree. Your pinky to your mouth. Somebody's saying that. Slippery. Yeah. <laughs> David, what is our next segment? Yes. All right. Let's do some redemption. Let's do it. All right. Oh, yes. What did I want to fucking bring in last time? Sorry. It's been a hot minute. I know what Adam wants you to bring in. <laughs> I, uh, we don't know. Stop. I'm just looking at the list because I'm at the point where I've added a bunch of stuff. Yeah, let's pull Invader Zim out of there. I think, I mean, let's be honest. Did you guys ever watch Invader Zim? Yes. Yes. Oh, I you did. loved I it. actually okay. the box set. Yeah. Uh, yes, Invader Zim is awesome. We don't de- okay. we don't deserve right. it. It's not for us. We're not good boys. <laughs> no, now I definitely want to keep that. Okay, can I? We can we can use a redemption to bump one too, right? Oh yeah, bump it. Yeah, to to bump one. Okay, I'd and... like to bump. Yes, I'd like to bump Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Wow. Attack, okay. Yeah, dude, I had a huge crush on the girl character in that show back in the day. Okay, this is this is tur- taking a turn. Come on, it's, man! It's, I was like, how many Jesus. turns has I it taken like now? Eight. How many turns? Yeah, I don't know. It's confusing. I'm lost in this maze of horny twelve-year-olds. <laughs> That's literally what we are talking about. <laughs> back when we were that age, like, oh yeah. Do we have any other redemptions, David? Yes, there is the one more for Adam. Excellent. I'm adding back in home movies. <laughs> and, I see that, and I see that it's going to be two more episodes before Matt gets a redemption, so hopefully he forgets by then. <laughs> <laughs> I only do it when it's funny. We want cartoons 26 hours a day. Okay. Let's roll for our next episode. Yeah. Oh, excellent. What is index 597? Starfleet Bomber X. Wow. Oh. Yeah. This is this is one of those those cheap marionettes or those expensive marionettes 
series, isn't it? <laughs> is it? Isn't it? Oh, I, is I, it? I think it, like, I think it is. Oh. Because we have it in genre puppets. Oh, is this like Thunderbirds? I think oh, it is boy. like Thunderbirds. Oh, fuck yeah. Wow. Is this like, it's an... I promise I will never die, and then a puppet takes a shit on another puppet? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I so hope This so. is a new low. Yes, this is it. <laughs> oh, yes. Fuck yes. X-Bomber is a Japanese marionette <laughs> oh, tokusatsu please, TV series. David, roll me on this one. Oh, nice. Fuck yeah. Should, should we add that to the opening statements? Oh, my God. I'm already angry. I think I'm getting a bonus. I'm going to watch Team America before I watch this so I can have <laughs> all the Team America jokes ready to go. <laughs> I promise nice. I will never die. David, who who is the... um? I don't know. Who's the Sumerian call him? for this? Yeah, the human garbage pile this will be inflicted on. Well, first, first we have to roll for the episode, right? There's 25 episodes. So which mm. episode are we going to watch? Number 18. Nice. All nice. right. Derek, you're going to get a lot of uh, chance to wedge in all of the T2 America jokes you want. Oh, did I get it? You're doing, yeah, you're, you're doing the summary. Yeah! Nice. Oh, fuck yeah. Nice. Praise Jeebus. Where so where is this was this show like US syndicated or was this like Japanese or what the fuck was it? I think they dubbed it for the US, but I I, I have never actually seen this before. This is January nineteen eighty two. Oh, I this hope it is Soviet. Nineteen eighty two, wow. Yeah. And the episode we're gonna be watching Soviet. is called Commander Makra's Promotion slash destroy the prison planet. Exclamation point. Oh, that might be <laughs> that might be and like two it, episodes in one half hour. Ooh. It might be. Well, I think the most important part is this is the lowest rated episode of all the episodes for this series. <laughs> so it's definitely we gonna did, be an amazing we did it. episode. I am we did, we, it. We did it, everybody. It has a four point one and they're averaging at about six. So <laughs> out of 10 we win yay <laughs> alright well begrudgingly I've been Matt happily I've been Derek emphatically I've been Adam and special guest star David <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly Terrible is produced by David and Adam. Music by Josh Woodward. Send your email to monotonouslyterrific at amazinglyterrible.com. This is all going to make me reload Red Dead Redemption 2 on my PlayStation. Oh, it's going to make it reload something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I enjoyed Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I really enjoyed the overall narrative in that it was very different from, from many yep. video games. But I found it kind of... And I find this a lot with a lot of Rockstar games. It's kind of boring. I had a hard time getting into it in the sense of like... I would have like an hour after work to play a video game. And I could mm -hmm. spend that entire hour just sort of like 
just walking around doing nothing. And by the end of it, I'm like, I did nothing in this game. What do I need to do to do something in this game? Where do I need to go? Who do okay. I need to talk to? It is very big and a bit empty. Having said that, though, it's also very beautiful. And really what it is is I'd have to give myself the right sense of mind, the right state of mind, to actually mm-hmm. like enjoy it. Because for me, when I go sit down to play a video game, I'm like, okay, let's murder something. Quick, quick, kill, kill. Let's go do. Whereas that game's supposed to be like more <laughs> of a relaxing, like sitting back, enjoying the scenery. Yes, I got very into hunting. I was not very good at it, but I enjoyed doing the hunting. And I would do it with a bow. Because yeah. you get your pelts would be, you know, Better you wouldn't damage the pelt if you used it. Yeah, if you used a bow. I bought a real gun in real life because of that game. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. Did you just become the most Republican member of our podcast? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> me the fun, buying the funny a, thing, the funny thing was a revolver the, does the not qualify that, me for that. But the gun that, per, that uh, Derek purchased was actually like an anti-tank sniper rifle. <laughs> Super modern. I could see him. I was yeah. I was seeing him more get. He was getting like one of the Derringer like uh, guns that like the prostitutes use. Like, oh, oh I gotta get one of those nice. one shot Derringers. <laughs> no, I bought a a Colt Model eighteen thirty six Navy. It's a ball and cap revolver. Um, it was the first. It was the first revolver actually issued to naval officers, and you can use the gun oh, in the nice. game. I had been eyeing it for a while. Uh, the father-in-law is was really big in the Civil War stuff for a while, and he has a replica of it. And so I just bought the real thing. Okay. And a cowboy hat. I have a cool question <laughs> for you. <laughs> okay, you saved the cowboy hat, and that is the cherry. <laughs> I, I have a cool question for you. One of the original uh, revolvers for the Navy, you said? Would it be within regs for you yeah, to so- actually have it on your uniform? Like, if you were to Class A's, could you... Wear that revolver. Oh, I don't know because I'm not 100 percent like so. A sidearm in uniform like is generally reserved for somebody who's the officer of the deck of a ship, right? Like mm. so, when they're in port, yeah. you officer know, the, the enlisted deck. folks are Float carrying the, the long arms. Yep, and the officer of the deck is carrying a some sort of pistol, some sort mm. of handgun. Yeah, for for um, um for executing traitors and those who run from battle, right? Uh, no, actually executing the person that ran up the gangplank that my sailor shot with a shotgun, and I just got to finish him off. Nice. I, I thought it was only there so that the captain could ask you for the gun and then shoot you. No, I've never, I've never stood OOD uh, under arms. Usually that's done in a foreign port. So I don't know because, like, with the sword, it's a ceremonial thing, and that yeah, sword yeah. goes all the way back to, you know, the late 1700s, the Marines that used the Mameluke from the War of 1812. What? Uh, like Barbary Pirates type stuff. So Wait, you're telling me that in current day, a sword is not a useful weapon of combat? What What madness is this? I've already sunk all my skill Mike, points. I hate to break it to you, but <laughs> anime is not real. <laughs> oh, man. Brutal. <laughs> oh, uh, man. I, I like I, the David uh, Spectus character sheet out the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I gotta take a dog out. All right, I'm gonna go take the dog outside, and then shall we jump? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let, well, me, Hugh, let, okay. let me grab a Poor beer. Hugo and then... is sitting here and putting his paw on my hand. Let so me, let me go beer. see what he needs. I'm gonna get a yeah, fork. Yeah, bathroom so break, and then kick. let's. 
Jesus, I'm gonna David. Get a fork. How do you put up with this shit? I'm, gonna get a fork I'm glad I don't have to edit this episode. Eat my beer with a fork. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Uh, uh, okay, regroup in um, 45 minutes. <laughs> nice.